to Are You Afraid of Ghosts? Okay, so this is actually episode... Oh, goodness. Guys, I'm getting so excited because we have more and more episodes coming. Okay, so this is episode 13 of Are You Afraid of Ghosts, where each week I will talk about true ghost stories, haunted houses, paranormal activity, urban legends, and more. My name is uh, Jessica Gulliford, and... um, If this is the first episode you're listening to, I would love to hear your personal ghost stories. If you can send them to areyoufraidofghosts at gmail.com. And I would love to thank all of my listeners. I really appreciate you guys um, staying loyal to me. I know there are tons of podcasts out there that are about ghosts. And um, honestly, I'm just some chick that likes to read them. So um, if you want to do crazy fact checking and all that other stuff, you might want to check out other podcasts. But, you know, I think I have a pretty good time here. Um, I like to tell ghost stories from all over the world and, um, ones that I find interesting. So hopefully that you like this show. And if you do, please subscribe, please give it a five star rating. If you really like it and share it with your friends on Apple iTunes. And if you do leave your, um, review, please leave your Twitter handle or Instagram name. So I can definitely um, give you a shout out. And also Each week I will do a gift card giveaway for the best review. So um, if you really want some additional exclusive content that I have not released yet, and I'm going to be working on some merchandise, so if you want some discounts on that, please go to patreon.com if you want to support the podcast. And um, it's patreon.com slash are you afraid of ghosts and at patreon.com slash are you afraid of ghosts for as little as a dollar a month. You will help my podcast out and I can get you exclusive content. So only you guys will hear. All right. So um, let's dive into this week's episode. This is one that intrigued me because a lot of my friends have actually been to visit this local haunted place and I have yet to go. So I really need to get to these places stat. Um, This one is about the Pennhurst Asylum. Don't worry, all of my stories are not going to be in Pennsylvania, but apparently we have a lot of creepy stuff going on, so much that I can't even keep up. (laughs) Um, We have a lot of hauntings, a lot of ghosts hanging out in Pennsylvania. So this story is actually um, pretty sad and pretty horrible, but I feel it's necessary to talk about because they do a haunted attraction there for Halloween. So in case you want to know what you're getting yourself into. Okay, so this is the history and horror of Pennhurst Asylum. Um, this is an article written by Matt Lake, Rusty uh, Taglieri, I can't pronounce the last name, and Mark Moran. Um, back in the mid-1960s, um, TV reporter Bill Baldini ran a five-episode expose of Pennhurst State School and Hospital on Philadelphia's TV10, um, which is now an NBC affiliate. Um, It painted a picture of neglect and abuse in the Chester County Institution that was hard for the regular viewers to stomach. On the flickering monochrome televisions of the time came images of full-grown hands and feet bound by straps to adult-sized crib beds. I must warn you, if any of this triggers you, you may want to stop listening now. Inmates of the institution were shown rocking, pacing, and twitching. Many were severely disabled, either mentally or physically, but others were quite lucid and coherent, but withdrawn into themselves because of overstimulation of the senses in the loud and sometimes frightening place and a lack of much-needed mental stimulation. The five-minute news segments were entitled Suffer the Little Children, 
When one patient was asked by the interviewer what he would like most in the world if he could have anything he wanted, the sad and withdrawn reply was simply to get out of Penhurst. This state of state-funded school and hospital center was at the heart of the human rights movement that revolutionized this country's approach to health care for the mentally and physically handicapped. This facility was one of the most striking examples of the maltreatment that was characteristic of such institutions. At one point, papers labeled it the shame of the Pennsylvania. Penhurst first opened its doors in November of 1908, and due to pressure to accept not only the mentally and physically handicapped, but also immigrants, criminals, and orphans who could not be housed elsewhere. It was overcrowded within only a few years. In 1913, the Commission for the Care of the Feeble-Minded was appointed and boldly stated that those with disabilities were unfit for citizenship and furthermore posed a menace to the peace. That's horrible. Patients at Penhurst were grouped into several general categories. Under the classification of mental prowess, one was listed as either imbecile or insane. Physically, the patient could be declared either epileptic or healthy. Like many similar facilities of the era, Penhurst was functioned almost completely independently from the rest of society. It operated its own power plant, policed its own grounds, and produced its own food. Any additional needs were supplied by a railway line that connected to the campus to the outside world. The facility could operate without any interaction with the surrounding community, and that was the way the community preferred it. By the mid-1960s, Penhurst had been open for 50 years. It housed 2,791 people, most of them children, which was about 900 more than the administration thought the buildings could comfortably accommodate. But as a state school, they had to take what they were given. Only 200 of the residents were in any kind of art, education, or recreation programs that would help to improve their condition though many of the patients were high-functioning enough to improve with the right care. The administrators interviewed in this program recognized that they were falling short of their ideal treatment, but with a crumbling building, a budget shortfall of $4 million, and only nine medical doctors and 11 teachers, none of them with special education training, their hands were tied. Probably the most chilling scene in the 30 minutes of documentary footage in the TV10 report showed one of the hospital's physicians describing how he dealt with a particularly vicious bully who had brutalized one of his other inmates. He described how he had asked one of his colleagues which injection he could use to cause the most discomfort to a patient without permanently injuring him. Then he proceeded to administer that injection to the bully. From that point on, it was inevitable that the hospital would close down, but it took two decades of legal actions, federal judgments made, and overturned, and growing financial crises for the place to be shuttered. By the 1980s, overcrowding, lack of funds, inadequate staffing, and decades of abuse and neglect accusations caught up with the operation, and in 1987, Penhurst closed its doors. Its death was not without positive impact, though. The martyrdom of its long-suffering patients helped put into motion changes to medical practice across the country and to society as a whole. Despite the ultimate outcome, many former residents and staff members maintained that Penhurst served 
some of its inmates very well. Some high-functioning patients received the treatment and therapies they needed to prepare themselves for living in the outside world, and some patients were so mentally handicapped that they injured themselves at the slightest provocation. One patient would charge into the walls head first. Such patients probably needed to be restrained for their own protection. When Penhurst closed, it suffered fewer invasions than some other abandoned Pennsylvania hospitals, due in part to the presence of a National Guard post and Veterans Hospital on part of the property at that time. Today, the place is in the hands of private owners and at the center of an unusual controversy. One of the modern functions is as a haunted house attraction, which is www.penhurstasylum.com, a use that has generated concern among those who view it as a deeply disrespectful um, as deeply disrespectful to those who suffered the brutality that once took place there. The present owners are taking steps to reverse the 23 years of damage wrought by time and vandalism to the remaining buildings. They were kind enough to allow Weird New Jersey, um, if you guys don't know what that is. So there's like the Weird Books, Weird of whatever state. So um, this is all done by Weird New Jersey. They were kind enough to allow Weird New Jersey on the property to document this interesting transition. Uh, they gave them a guided tour of many of the buildings, including some that needed to be unsealing, needed to be unsealing for uh, them to regain, to gain entry. Um, Timothy Smith, the son of the facility's owner, who took the time to speak with Weird New Jersey, expressed a desire to restore the better portion of property with the eventual goal of creating a museum and historical tour open to the public. So that's kind of uh, that experience there. All right. Um, so they wanted to kind of turn it into a place where it was good, um, serve some good purpose, educating the public and the errors of previous generations and commemorating all the lives that were spent there. Okay. So the paranormal piece, naturally, as with any such institution with a sordid history of human suffering, violence, and death, Penhurst is not without its share of ghostly tales. Penhurst is allegedly so haunted, in fact, that its paranormal presences presences have spawned a spectral cottage in industry ghost hunting on the grounds of the old asylum in addition to overseeing the restoration projects at penhurst and operating the penhurst asylum haunted attraction during the halloween season timothy smith is also president and ceo of the penhurst paranormal association using the enticing tagline they lived here died here and are still here the organization plans to open up the former hospital to the public for ghosts on the campus, with other former institutions turned tourist attractions such as Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia and Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky, which we covered in a previous episode, as a business model. So, Timothy believes that the public's curiosity about Penhurst's spooks make it a potentially very profitable paranormal property. The television show Ghost Adventures has already filmed an episode of their Travel Channel program there. Okay, so during Weird New Jersey's tour of Penhurst, they were joined by members of the Shore Paranormal Research Society, or SPRS for short, who have become the official paranormal investigators for the former institution. The SPRS is an is in yeah, is in. <laughs> sorry, I read it too fast, Ocean County, New Jersey, based, um, it is a team of trained individuals whose sole purpose is to find the truth behind claims of paranormal activity. 
So I know that you guys watch, probably watch a lot of those shows if you like ghosts. I do too. So according to Jim um, Ansbach, the group's founder and case manager, Penhurst is rife with such activity. The group has conducted several large-scale investigations of the old asylum's many buildings and documented a variety of evidence of paranormal activity, including photos, videos, recordings of voice phenomena, and personal encounters with spirits. Among the recordings are the sounds of disembodied uh, voices uttering things like, go away, I'll kill you. We're upset. And why did you come here? An unknown, an unknown male states, I'm scared. While an invisible female asks, why won't you leave? Here are just some of the group's other findings. Okay. So as I mentioned, there's multiple buildings. The Quaker building. Numerous shadows manifest and dissipate at will. These shadows include what appeared to be a small female child with long black hair, a hunched over presence with long dangling arms, and the upper portion of bodies looking over or around obstacles. Doors and a rocking chair have moved without anyone being near them. Investigator was shoved from behind hard enough on a stairway to leave a deep red mark on the small of their back. Investigator was scratched on the arm by unknown object when they were not by anything or close to any walls. Objects being propelled in the basement, such as a pry bar, some sort of brass fixture, and various other unknown objects. Multiple EVPs, or electronic voice phenomena, as well as EMF spikes throughout the building when there is no electric supplied to any building there. Our psychic medium, Sharon Pugh, has felt multiple energies there, including either a demonic force or a past life that wasn't a very nice person. The Limerick Building. The apparition of a woman, of a woman in an old-style nurse's uniform was observed by a firefighter, police officer, and a Marine, and multiple EVPs. The Devon Building had unknown sounds and multiple EVPs. The Mayflower Building, shadow people seen multiple times. EVPs were captured. Investigators have been touched in this building. The Tinicum building, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Multiple EVPs. Investigators had their legs touched. Yikes. The Philadelphia building, loud, loud sounds and voices heard coming from the building. Investigators surrounded the building and entered it via the tunnel system. No one was in the building, nor could they have fled without being observed. Administration building. Multiple voices heard at various times and EVPs caught of what appears to be a toilet flushing. This building has no running water or bathroom fixtures. The Hershey building. Investigator heard a female child's voice on the third floor. So those interested in participating in a Penhurst ghost hunt can find more information by visiting um, the website penhurstparanormal.com. And <clears throat> the last couple pieces, the children um, of Penhurst, they did suffer. So lots of medical professionals um, that, that this person that wrote the article has worked with did a stint at Penhurst early in their careers. It was a boarding school as well as a hospital, though the more low-functioning residents were incapable of speaking, let alone learning anything. And many of the high-functioning residents never learned to read. Most of the people that were there weren't insane, just mentally um, 
challenged, autistic, or suffering other serious physical impairments. Some residents apparently just had learning disabilities or hyperactivity and emotional problems that made them seem more impaired. They would end up on high-functioning wards. Um, this person also said that um, there were punishment wards. It's kind of sad, so I don't really want to get too into it, but... Um, they talked about the bully. There were extreme cases of bullies. Um, the nasty kids would, that were, you know, they would attack other residents with broom handles and much worse. Okay. Uh, the Penhurst family album. So, um, this is also tying into the same article. Uh, when I went to Penhurst at night, it scared me halfway to death. When the wind blows across the buildings, it sounds like someone walking. There were dead animals there and what looked like blood on some of the equipment. Once is enough. I'm never going back. But there was this one room that was really interesting. It was strewn with papers and photographs, carpeted with them, wall to wall. I didn't read the papers, but the black and white photographs looked like something from a family album. So for more information on this story and all other strange sites that the Quaker State has to offer, um, you can check out their book uh, called Weird Pennsylvania. This last part is from a website called Greatest Unsolved Mysteries. Many reports of paranormal activity have been documented within this structure. There have been many that have visited the school regions of the building and have observed full-body apparitions that they believe to be the school spirits of past residents. Many have simply felt a cold breeze brush, brush by them quickly while others have observed spirits actually moving objects or engaging in other physical activities. In the haunted mental hospital section of the asylum, many have heard the sounds of children and adults screaming and crying as if they're suffering from tremendous amounts of pain and agony. That's really sad. Doors can be heard slamming throughout Penhurst State School and whispers can be heard echoing off the walls. If you have an interest in a haunted mental hospital, a haunted school, or simply desire to learn about the most haunted places in Pennsylvania, you will find Penhurst Asylum to be highly mystifying and intriguing. Even today, the stories and events of the physical and spiritual residents remain to be some of the greatest unsolved mysteries. Is the Penhurst State School haunted? We will let you decide. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope I didn't scare you too much. Good night.